bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the fed. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me. It wasn't John Stroop that saved me. But God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life. My name is John Stroop with my special guest, Kevin Baker. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here today. On One Broken Life, we explore the intimate details of people's lives. Uh, many times, the bigger the mess, the bigger the message. Mm -hmm. You see uh, people in addiction, and you see the, the results of that, right? You see prisons full. Uh, you see the... Um, the, 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 the system, uh, it, I believe, is broken as far as uh, it come, when it comes to uh, how they're helping kids, Division Family Services. Uh, you know, there's so many children in, in, in uh, the state's custody because of their parents, but mm -hmm. uh, being on drugs and, and all those things and the crime. But, but what you don't see is what happens to one radically, when one radically changed drug addict gets, gets Christ in their life. Right. And so we explore those radically changed ex-drug addicts. Um, and believe it or not, even though you're a pastor mm -hmm. uh, and looking at you, you do not look like someone that's come out of crime and addiction. Right. But you are. Yeah. And um, and so we like to open up the tent or peel the layers back and just look into people's lives. And so people can our viewers and people who listen can can see the intimate details of your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll give them an idea of that person. One, they may have know someone who's lost. They've lost hope in. Hey, that person can change, or two, they won't be so quick to throw the stones at somebody. Mm. Um, and we we have a, a theme verse is uh, Psalms fifty one, Psalm fifty one seventeen. It says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. Amen. And so that's why we call it one broken life. It's it's we re we reach one broken life at a time. So let's open up your life, Kevin, and share with with our with our friends. And if you just kind of open it up with um, your life growing up as a kid, what was okay. your life like? So I uh, I grew up in Springfield and over in the area <coughs> that they call the Holler. I grew up uh, over on Ethel and Division and uh, grew up at the feet of uh, an alcoholic father who was abusive. And uh, that's the life that we knew. We moved around a lot, uh, sometimes at night. You know, we never we didn't pay our bills. The lights were off pretty regular, getting kicked out of places. Uh, you know, just always trying to make ends meet. There'd be periods where my dad would work and then he wouldn't. My mom uh, went through nursing school at night and uh, uh, got a degree in nursing. And so I turned into like the homekeeper. I cooked the meals, cleaned the house, took care of all that. And then whenever he was passed out, I would go at night and run. So I started doing uh, speed and drinking when I was in the third grade and uh, 
could just get it here and there, and and uh, that's kind of what I grew up doing, and uh, that's all that I really ever knew was just running and fighting and being a little street urchin, you know, and drinking and carrying on, and so that carried me through uh, all the way through my high school years. That's what I did. Uh, I got first arrested for drinking and driving when I was 15 in a stolen car, and uh, they uh, they let me go, and then I struggled with alcohol off and on forever, and um, then I joined a service in kind of a have-to deal, and I was in the Navy, and needless to say, the drinking and drugs increased, and uh, I uh, met my wife, uh, who I married when she was 15, uh, 1983, We've been married 40 years this year, and uh, and I wound up to be the uh, abusive alcoholic that my dad was. So that's where our life was, and for 18 years of our marriage, uh, that's how we lived. Uh, I had a good job. God uh, took care of me, kept me in a good job, but uh, I had uh, seven DWIs. The last one that I had was an attempted vehicular manslaughter felony. And so uh, life is just a wreck. And uh, after being married for 18 years and having a couple kids, uh, my wife left me, and it was during that time I gave my life to Christ. Yeah. That's a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, to uh, unpack. So I, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing for me is that I know you, and you're not that guy anymore, and um, that that gives hope for somebody today that who is struggling with those things that mm. the generational abuse, you know, yeah, and uh, the addiction and the alcoholism and functioning, functioning drunk, functioning, um, you know, two different people, you know, one person you're working all day and then you go home and you just you act like a different person and you drink and you get abusive and and so you're you're. Uh, your wife leaves you, yeah, and um, and through her leaving you, you uh, you come to that place of surrender to Christ. And it's interesting because question number one is usually for me, what was your life like growing up? Mm. Question number two is when did your addiction start? You've covered that. Question number three is what brought brought you to your place of brokenness? Mm. So um, we all have. I I was talking to a, a father who, <coughs> excuse me, who. Um, has been someone who's promised to commit and be a part of supporting us and has been there for us, and he's a business owner. And he read the book I wrote on enabling, and he said, I've read several chapters three or four times. Uh, he has a son in addiction, and he's praying that he will come to that rock-bottom state of mind, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, we, we teach that rock-bottom is not a place, it's a state of mind. Yeah. And so, you know, you can keep hitting rock bottom, hit, get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And what seems like a moment of severity to where it's like severe, it should have broke you. Right. And it didn't. But then something happens that doesn't seem as severe, but you've, you've had enough. Mm. And that's that rock bottom place. Yeah. It's a mind thing. It's yep. like, okay, I mean, it's it. When did that happen to you? So uh, uh, I had... Um you know, like I said, I had uh, like 70 WIs, and the last one that I had, I was coming from a place that I was a year earlier, <coughs> exactly to the date where I had uh, uh, flipped a uh, Suburban 
being drunk and high coming from a place and I'd roll the Suburban down the highway one year to the date is when I pulled out on the wrong side of the highway and uh, hit this lady head on and uh, uh, it was at that that was the first time that I ever really cried out to God I mean I had been in like NA and AA and I was even in that in the service you know and they put me on an abuse. I learned how to drink on that. And if there was a way to do it, I was going to figure it out. So I'd been to these programs and uh, been in, you know, in jail and psychiatrist and locked up the weekend thing. And <laughs> so I did a bunch of that. But when I hit that lady head on, I thought, well, this is the time that my uh, wife's finally going to leave me. And uh, I just, it, it got to a place where I never thought it would. And so I started going to a church and, uh, I actually thought I was going to go to prison this time because they'd tell me every time I was going, and uh, I never did. But uh, I started going to a church, so it was the first time that I'd ever heard the gospel. And uh, we weren't church kids, you know, never went to church. I got kicked out of VBS when I was five, so that was the extent of my church <coughs> going. And uh, But I heard the gospel. It was the first time I'd ever heard anything from the Bible. And uh, we stayed around church for a little bit and then got out of it. And uh, because I thought I was getting better, I'd stop drinking. I let my wife have a job. I moved her mom out here. Uh, I quit being abusive uh, physically for the most part. But uh, I was still very verbally abusive. And uh, but I was like turning over a new leaf. But uh, after a while, I got sober and and gave uh, my wife, you know, money and let her try to do some things. You know, she always had to check in with me. I kept a very, I was very controlling, abusive and controlling. Most abusive people are controlling. And uh, so I, I thought if she got out and she ran, I would never, ever get her back. And so I tried to uh, be the dad that I wasn't, and it didn't work out. And so she left me after that. But I would heard enough of the gospel. My brother had become a Christian. And I would go and talk to him. Sometimes he'd tell me he was praying for me. I'm like, man, don't pray for me. You can pray for people that's messed up, but I'm good, you know. And I was rude uh, to him, but uh, I'd seen a difference in his life. And then just hearing the gospel, and then whenever I thought I was at my best, that's when my wife left me. And uh, we had gotten out of church at that time. I didn't really go anyhow. I'd just go every once in a while on Sunday mornings, uh, mainly to watch uh, – uh, my son Brandon, because he acted up, and so I was there like for crowd control, right? I was like the church bouncer, and uh, so whenever uh, she had left me, and I'd put my hands on her again, and she had left me and took the kids, and uh, I moved out and went to my mom's house, and I was sitting in my mom's backyard, uh, wrestling with God, telling me he'd messed my whole life up that I'd done all these great things. You know, I got better. I quit drinking. I quit being abusive. I moved her mom out here. I gave her money, and, uh, you know, I let the kids do stuff, and I even tried that church thing. I mean, that was really the argument I was having senseless with God, and uh, and it was just like he rewound all those sermons and people, and, yeah, he just, like, brought it, brought it all back to life, like, in a second, and... Uh, Whenever the Bible says that his word's not going to return void, uh, man, it's going to go out and accomplish that thing for which he set it forth to do. Uh, man, it just got a hold of me. And so it was uh, in April of uh, 2001, man, I smoking a cigarette, telling God that he wrecked my life, drinking a cup of coffee. I was a 
20-pound construction worker down to 165 pounds. Stress is an awesome diet plan. And, uh, man, I fell over, and I told God I was done, that uh, I'd, if he wouldn't save me, then I'd ask him to kill me. So that was the night I gave my life to Christ. And I walked back into a church that four years earlier, I knew that God was calling me to be in at Broadway. And I walked out of that church because I'd done decided I was going to do it on my own. And I tried it on my own for the next four years. So that night I gave my heart to Christ, 2001, April. Middle of the night, smoking a cigarette, drinking a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so who were you staying with at that time? I was, I was staying with my mom. Okay. And so what did she think? Well, you know, my mom had claimed to be a Christian at that time, and uh, uh, I came in and I told her, you know, I didn't know what it meant, but that I had surrendered my life to Christ, and I told him I would do whatever he wanted me to do until uh, I die. And... Uh, she looked at me and said, what in the world's the matter with you? You know, And she was just like, you know, we'll beat her up. And we, I was like, no, nah, I don't think that'll work. I've been doing that for the last 18 years. So her plan was to beat her up like she beat you up. Yeah. Your mom would beat you up. Yeah. She'd jump on your back and take you out. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, she's pretty tough. Yeah, a little bitty thing. But. Yeah, four foot eight Sioux Indian. You can't trust them. That's funny. <laughs> so she, uh, so you tell her that. And you're now you're saved now now what i uh i went back to uh broadway baptist and uh, like i said i was in there four years earlier just as much as i knew anything at all the lord had put it in my heart that that's where he wanted me and uh, i walked back in there four years later all by myself and sat on the back pew and uh, brother noble was the pastor before and brother eddie had just came and uh, I would listen to him preach, and I thought, man, this guy's got my mail. I, I, I just couldn't believe how the Bible would just unfold and explain all the things that I was struggling with. So that's when I first knew that the Word of God was alive and powerful, you know, and just divided things. And I knew that God was working in my life. It was just so evident. And I, I had a Bible that I bought at a garage sale. Uh, with some other guy's name on it, and I read all the yellow highlighted stuff because I didn't know what to read, but I figured if it was important to that dude, it must have been important. So I sat in the back pew with a garage sale Bible, and uh, then the Lord just uh, kind of grew me. And Amen. So, you, uh, so you're growing in the Lord. You're repentant. You're doing it. You're not, you're not doing it to watch your kids or appease nobody. You're doing it because you're hungry. You yeah. want to change your life. And so what next? I mean, I know that your wife is not gone, right? So you have how old your kids? Uh, Brandon is 38. Brandy's 36. And uh, then we have a pair of twins, Noah and Olivia, who will be 22 in uh, January. They hadn't been here yet, though. No, they weren't here then. So you, so you got your wife and your Boy, your little boy and your little girl, they're not around. Yeah, they were gone. And you're trying to change your life. Yeah. And now you're like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I didn't, uh, I, I, you know, uh, I felt like uh, uh, God was the only thing that I could cling on to. And uh, I knew that he was enough. I didn't have to try to find my identity and my job or who I was or my wife or my kids. I mean, I was heartbroken, 
But if that's the way that it was, if I would never, ever get to be with him again, uh, I couldn't have cried foul. So uh, I was just content to try to figure out who I was in Jesus. And, uh, you know, I prayed for the Lord to put our home back together. And, and uh, there would be times when I would think that would happen. We'd visit, and then, uh, then it wouldn't happen. And, and I learned how to not be angry and... Uh, how to uh, turn all those emotions and thoughts and all that stuff over to uh, the Lord. And it was just different because he was working. I, I had a control in my life that I never had before. And so I'd prayed, but it wound up that uh, we were separated from April till about September. And it wound up that uh, my wife did divorce me uh, in that, uh, in that year. And, uh, we were divorced for 45 days and then got remarried right after, 45 days after we got divorced. So so uh, I was going to be content if that was my, going to be my story. It's going to be my story. But uh, I knew that God uh, had a plan for me. He loved me despite of all the crooked and weird and bad things I, I did. I, I was just turning my life around and was going to try to be the best dad I could be for the kids because I hadn't been any of that and to be a friend of my wife I wasn't ever that so but he put our home back together and shortly after that we uh had our twins and um got a new life my wife got saved it's just it's a crazy story it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> so your wife gets saved you have twins uh another little boy and a girl yeah so you uh you made some mistakes with your first little boy and girl yeah and uh, when you get saved, how old were they? So Brandon was about 16. Brandy was about 14. So I have these high schoolers that are parents are going through a divorce, and uh, I, they hated me. They didn't want to be around me, but they would come to church with me ever once in a while. And, uh, and uh, so uh, then they started wanting to come. They fought me on it, and I said, listen, we're going. Uh, you know, it's just what I'm, what I do on Sunday. So we're going. And, uh, then they started making friends with the pastors and deacons kids. So that'll show you how rotten that their kids are. But, uh, uh, so they started going, but then after a period of time, God put me and Terry back together. And, uh, and so, uh, we were in Broadway together for, uh, a couple years learning to serve the Lord. And I, I knew, I knew that God was calling me to preach, which, I figured I was disqualified for everything, you know, and uh, so I, I ignored it. Plus, I wasn't a church guy. I worked at City Utilities. I had no plans of going to seminary, and so I just, I was like, man, I'm disqualified. I'm not doing it, but uh, we served in ministry, and uh, but a couple years after serving in ministry together, I'd I knew that my wife wasn't really a Christian, and, uh, and uh, Brother Tom Elliff came through. <laughs> And he was, uh, he was preaching, and that morning that he was preaching uh, is the morning I surrendered to, to preach. He gave an altar call, and, uh, <clears throat> uh, and then that was the same morning my wife got saved. Amen. And so I, and your twins were around how old then? Golly, two, three. So you're raised, you got a chance to do it right from the beginning. Yeah. So they didn't witness the alcohol and no. the violence. And, and you, you can tell a big difference, um, you know, when you have children 
when you're living right and you're doing right, you're praying and you're you got they're exposed to godly things, and then you have children that are not. Uh, and sometimes what I found is that the children who are not get jealous because you uh, treated them different. And you know, and I'm not asking you to speak on anything. I'm just saying it's I've seen it a lot and. Um, and it's, it's hard because you feel guilty, you know. You got that parenting out of guilt stuff happening and trying to atone for your own sin, which is impossible, right? But um, So now, and, and we're literally going down the questions without me even asking them. Sorry. So, no, it's perfect. It's what it was, it's flowing great. Um, so you're, you're called to preach now. And um, so what happens? So uh, I... Uh I started preaching the next weekend in some places. The people had just called and asked, and uh, so I started preaching pretty quick. I would go and I would teach. Uh, I taught a, a young married class at like eight o'clock in the morning, eight thirty. I would do nine thirty church or something like that. Nine o'clock church. I don't remember how we did it. And then I would go to them places and I'd preach at eleven and. Uh, I go in and preach, and they're looking for a pastor. And the first three places I preached at asked me immediately if I would pastor their church. And I thought, man, these people are messed up to want somebody like me in their church. So I told them no. And uh, and then my wife wasn't, like, all the way on board. And she said, you're not going to mess our life up with religion like you do with everything else. And and uh, so I was like, well, God, if you're calling me, you better be calling her because uh, we're, we're going as a team. And the uh, Lord worked in her heart. And and uh, the next thing you know, she's like, well, there's a church here and a church there. But she was letting me know, you're not going to mess us up and take us out of a good church and put us out in the middle of no place. And and uh, so uh, I just started pastoring uh, after that and took took a church and pastored that church for four and a half years. And while I worked at CU and when I retired, I pastored the church I've been in now for about the last nine years. It's a, it's, it's a, quite a quite a struggle. <laughs> pastor in a church isn't it yeah a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and so uh so as a christian kevin coming from addiction uh, how long have you been sober now about 25 years 26 years and then we ended up meeting mm-hmm. uh between your pastor yeah you know between your two churches you're pastoring and uh you was coming to freeway and i remember i remember you coming and you're uh our kids met, yeah. And I've got bonus kids, and uh, one of uh, those, uh, our daughter Ashlyn, she ended up meeting your son, yeah. And now they're married, yep. And uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and so, as a Christian, as a pastor, uh, what is what are your biggest what are your biggest battles? What what are your struggles today? I think. Uh, the ministering has changed in the last few years really bad. I think the complacency of people and just seeing the temperament of humanity and knowing that all of those attitudes that are that are out in public or inside of the church, uh, it uh, it feels like nobody wants to be committed or dedicated or even be very serious about their faith, and uh, it feels like it's you know the the falling away, the apostate church, the perilous times is kind of what it feels like. Um, just to watch, just to watch people people ho- hopelessly throw their life away 
when I know that a surrendered life to Christ, that he can repair things, that he can put us in our right mind, that he can set us up, that he can use us, and just to watch people continually throw their lives away and not listen when you feel sometimes like you're preaching in the bottom of a 55-gallon drum with a lid on, you know, uh, is is very heartbreaking, and it, and it feels like it's getting worse than it has been. So, uh, you know, our ministry, Freeway Ministries, uh, we plant ministries alongside local churches uh, to reach hard to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ with our model, and um, and you guys are uh, one of those churches that have mm-hmm. a freeway. And not only do you have a freeway outreach, but you also have two homes, mm-hmm. a first and second stage yeah. house. So what's that like? Man, uh, you know, just to be able to invest in the lives of people that really uh, are looking for the blessed hope. And, uh, uh, you know, I spend as much or more time with uh, those men as I do anybody else. And uh, just to see them to hunger and thirst for righteousness and uh, to see them catch it. Uh, but there's highs and lows in it. Uh, you know, there's uh, successes and failures, and sometimes they're pretty close together. And uh, But uh, it's, a, it's a sweet ministry, and that I kind of, you know, that's where I come from. And uh, I believe that sometimes the biggest failures to get it figured out can be the biggest giants for God. They they don't have a lot of sense and they don't have a lot of fear, but if they get a lot of Jesus, he takes, he just uses them for great things. And so I love the ministry. I love being able to pour into them. And, uh, and our church really invests uh, in the ministry of Freeway. And so it's just fun to watch church members and, you know, older women who would have no clue <laughs> about that lifestyle that just love on these guys and, Man, just help them walk through life. Uh, it's really a beautiful thing to see the church be the church. Amen. And it's cool because a lot of times they, I always tell folks, you know, when you don't know the rules, you're not worried about breaking them. Yeah. And uh, they don't know the church rules yet. They're, yeah. They're fresh, new, baby Christian. Wow. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, they come into church and they're not afraid to holler and and uh, throw their hands up and ask questions. and <laughs> They ain't got it all figured out, you know. We know. Uh, I, I kind of like that. I yeah. think we get in trouble when they, we think we got it all figured out. I always say I don't want to see somebody get so church that they just move Jesus and the Holy Spirit out of the way of stuff. It. Uh, uh, I believe church ought to be one of the most exciting things we do. So I, I try to encourage people not to mess them up with church. And, and <laughs> I tell folks all the time we're both Southern Baptist preachers and ordained Southern Baptist ministers and. Uh, but I tell folks I'm I'm glad Jesus got a hold of me before the Baptist did. Amen, man. Me too. You know, uh, I'm I'm a Christian. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited about the Lord, and I love these guys. You know, they journal and they get excited and they sit on the edge and they listen and they're attentive and they ask questions and and it's exciting. Yeah, to see their fire. You know, it is. There's nothing better than seeing a tough guy get his heart broke and weep. Woo. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so what's God doing in your life today? Mm. Man, uh, he's uh, got me and Terry in a different uh, stage of life. We're empty nesters for like the first time in like 38 years. We've always had kids in our home. And so uh, we're getting to uh, just kind of be me and her. We've always been very task-oriented, and uh, she's always worked with me in ministry, and now she's 
uh, at the school and uh, she works with little kids at the school. So she's kind of moved out of that, my secretary role, even though she still keeps my calendar because I'm old now and I can't remember anything. So I count on her. But uh, we're just living life and loving the Lord. And uh, we're able to pour into people in a different uh, way that we weren't before. Uh, Terry disciples a lot of young women and single women in our church. And uh, I get to mentor some men. And so we're able to put our hands on things that uh, the responsibility of kids and all that you just can't do. So we're just in a really, really cool season of life, growing together, taking time out just to talk about us, which uh, we've always done, but probably not on the scale that we do now. And uh, just looking forward to whatever God's going to do with us in life. And man, I'm I'm content with the Lord preaches me till I'm 80 years old or tells me to get out of the way tomorrow and go sit at the nursing home and minister to saints in a wheelchair, I'm good with whatever it is. So if you give your address, uh, you can advertise for babysitting if you want to be someone, you know, watch kids. Yeah, I mean, we could do that if we wanted to. You, you, I know you like them and you're missing <laughs> that. So. Uh, so, you know, coming from that background of misery and no peace and being mm. stressed out, are you happy today? Man, I'm happy. You know, God's been so good to us and uh, uh, just teaching you how to love different and taking all that junk out of your life that just has you held captive. Uh, but, man, I can breathe. And I have hard days, you know. Uh, I have lots of hard days, but God's always been faithful. And uh, he is through everything. And so even, even – uh, even through the tough stuff, God's faithful, man. I've just learned to love him and trust him more and more. Man, do you have joy? Man, I have joy. That's good. And that's uh, that's something our people need to hear. And that's why I was asked that question, those two questions, because, you know, for a long time my life was miserable. Yeah. And uh, I had no joy. And uh, my life was a, a wreck. And, and, you know, you're not always happy, Right. Right. Happiness depends on what happens. Uh, sometimes things happen and you're not so happy, right? But yeah. Joy is that you know that you know that you know Jesus. And Amen. That you, he is your strength, and he is your foundation. And no matter what happens, that you're going to be all right. You're walking with That's him. That's exactly right. And so I'm, I'm happy to be your friend, Kevin. Yes. I appreciate you coming on here, brother. And uh, I want to thank our guests that have watched and listened and if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you go to uh, whatever outlet you use for, for hearing, listening to, watching your podcast and could share that. You could subscribe to our podcast. And if you want to be a partner with Freeway Ministries, you can go to freeway-ministries.com and you can become a partner uh, and help us continue to do this ministry. And so thank you for watching. Thank you, Kevin, for hanging hey, with thank us. Thank you. I hope you all have a good day.